Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcasts as well as the game streams, website, and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some of the exclusive features in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 116 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on January 12th, 2018, over on twitch.tv slash Focus Fire Chat. Big shout out to our live chat here. Thank you so much for joining us for another evening back in the tower. This is your host, Blue Crew 86. Alongside me, we have the man who it has been said has the voice of a flower. I don't even want to look at what you have your name listed as right now, but it's, uh, it's doable. It's doable. Ex- <laughs> Come on. Exodus Jack. Let it wash over you. <laughs> how's how's the uh, how's the tech going for you tonight? Oh, it's going so good. You might say I'm the envy of all my peers. <laughs> you know, if there isn't a butt stallion somewhere in this conversation, I'm going to be really disappointed. I'm just going to get the joke out of the way now. Onward, Bud Stallion. <laughs> Such a good game. Such a good game. <laughs> Where the villain no. is more interesting than the other characters. What? Yes. Yes. Um, no, I got a I got a new laptop actually. And it's pretty awesome. Just getting to know it. You know, we're taking it slow. Um it's still it's still new, you know. But uh yeah. <laughs> Well, and then we also have with us our favorite Gunter, the one and only birthday girl herself, Green Eyed Music Lover. Green, how's uh, how's the day going? You know, we're going to end strong. We're going to end real strong tonight. I've had kind of a rough day at work, but I'm getting my favorite food here in a few minutes. I've got it. Food's always good. You know, tater tot casserole. It's just so stinking good. Justin, you want to weigh in on this one? Um, I love tater tots. <laughs> I think anyone with any sense will tell you that tater tots are aces. So a casserole made of such would indubitably be amazing. You know, it's very Midwestern because it is tater tots, well, round yeah. beef, and cream of mushroom soup. You can't go wrong, guys. Yeah. Nothing's more Midwestern than making a casserole. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, we don't have time for different things in our meals, so we're just going to put them in one. Do you have <laughs> Yes. Casseroles for the lazy man. I mean, time. I didn't say lazy. I didn't say lazy. <laughs> Well, then we also have with us the grizzly bearded lore master himself, Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, but uh, I'm kind of disappointed, Green. I thought it was going to be 10 meatballs. You know, I had that the other night, and you you were witness to this. I had I that know. the other night, and I'm okay with having that every once in a while, but my 10 meatball limit with mustard 
only happens every once in a while. Well, that's fair, but I thought I was going to be able to actually chime in and be like, hey, look, I know exactly what you're going to eat. <laughs> Disappointment. We had a nice long conversation because I have managed to figure out exactly how many meatballs it takes to make me full. Mm-hmm. And that number is 10. Ten. But it can't be meatball and sauce. It's just no. meatballs and mustard. Yes. And we have started this show, guys. Oh, okay. And on that note, food talk. <laughs> food talk. Oh, man. Well, on that note, let's jump through the intro notes real quick, and then we'll get right to it. Sound good? Yeah. Yes. Our topic for this week's chat is going to be a look at Exodus Black. Before we jump into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes to run through. In our last chat, we discussed the Hive siblings. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out the new FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing as well as helping us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering, where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts on the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found in our show notes or on our website. Podcasts focused on Destiny include Guardian Radio, the first and longest-running Destiny podcast on the net, Guardian One, a Destiny group dedicated to Guardians helping Guardians and discussing current Destiny news and happenings. Ghost and Echoes, which is a collection of the Destiny audio grimoire from Destiny One. And the network's newest edition, This Guardian Life, which is a podcast from the casual Guardians perspective that highlights all Guardians, large and small. We also have a non-Destiny-focused podcast, The Enthusiast Life, which is a podcast that discusses a wide range of fun topics from within the entertainment world. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on ghost shells, so be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know what topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found either on Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. I asked Green to put together a high-level summary of tonight's topic, and this is what she had to say. Hello, friendly guardians. I am the FFC 1286 Lorsafe. You can call me Lorsafe. I have been designated to report to you about Exodus Black, lost ship from Project Exodus, reclaimed during the Red War by friendly ghost and guardian designated Captain. Exodus Black crashed on Centaur designated 7066 Nessus. 585 colonists lost. 15 crew members dead. Exodus Black Failsafe is only survivor and has been on Nessus long enough to see the Vex convert this entire planetoid, kill all living organisms, reformat molecules, and digitize brainwaves for further study. It's a fascinating process! Status of Exodus Black Hull is in 108 pieces. Decks 1 through 20 are buried. Superstructure Integrity 17%. Data Store Integrity 38%. Power Core Integrity 89%. Failsafe AI Core Protocol Integrity 
in status report. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about Exodus Black, however, let's look at this week's Lost Lore. So I completely forgot to to say this, but I, I actually wanted to throw in a new part of the intro and the food chat completely derailed me from my thought there. Sorry. Yeah, I blame you, Exodus Jack. I didn't even bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to I want to give the community I have a community question that I want to ask everyone and I want to use this as a kind of a prompt for one of the topics for next week's chat. I want to know what everyone's favorite ghost shell is. I'm going to, I'm thinking that I want people to send in either through email or Twitter or whatever, or discord, whatever, send in your favorite ghost shell. And I will, I'll just, I'll try to keep a tally of it and then do, I'll do my best to keep a tally. And then whoever, whatever, whichever shell we get the most responses for, we'll talk a little bit about for next week. I think that that would be an interesting way to kind of gauge because there's no way to really, you know, dive into the ghost shells, all of them. Um, so I'm, I'm going to, I was thinking we could use that as kind of a way to gauge which shell to focus on a little bit. But anyways, um, I swear to God, if dead orbit wins, wait, this is in fact, <laughs> you know, I already got on Twitter and I didn't even start it this time. I'm like, guys, did you, know, guys. Did you notice that all the prizes for the faction wars are the same? <laughs> They're all, They're all auto rifles. Yeah. They need. They needed to keep it that way. I was like, like oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it makes more sense. It uh, does make more sense. Uh, yeah, chat. Chime in with chat is chat is asking to exclude Segura shell. I, oh yeah. I don't. I mean, oh, yeah. you've got. That's my right. I mean, that's the one that I've been working for. So I mean, I know we but will talk about Segura shell. Okay. Yeah, I will abide. Gonna... I will abide by chat. So okay. So any of the ones that you can get through vendors. Yeah. Sounds good. Oh, I was waiting for beard to explode. Because you, uh, <laughs> no. you can't get because you can't get because you can't get ghosts through trust, vendors. Yes, no, I, was, I was gonna let, look. Look, that's not true. That's not true. Come come faction rallies anymore. That is going to be a little different. However, I swear to God, if anybody says anything about Eververse, they're gonna die. They're gonna die. I've got. Uh, I've got a, What's that? I said, are you tired of doing those videos yet? I am not tired of doing those videos until until all of the the wrongs are righted in the way that I feel that is necessary. Because that is my voice and I choose to use it. <laughs> However, is it getting annoying? Oh my god, is it getting annoying? <laughs> I, it doesn't help that I love like poking at him for it. <laughs> don't poke the bear. I'm gonna say, haven't you? Look, look, you don't feed bears you, unless they are, are picnic baskets. Picnic baskets. You also, you also do not poke bears, especially in hibernation, especially with where I am at right now. As we've already discussed. 
it is currently 60 degrees in the middle of winter, which makes no freaking sense. And it will be 30 degrees tomorrow again, which is going to make my head explode. Okay? <laughs> Worse than ever verse. Just for the record. On record. On record. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, okay. Sagira's out because we all know that that's going to be the favorite anyways. So, other than Sagira. There are tons, believe me, I've listed them all mm-hmm. on the mind map. Half of them look like gulls sat on them. <laughs> no. Yes, they do. No. Yes, actually, they do. actually Don't make fun it, of the pancakes. Nuh-uh. 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 You know what they look like? It looks like Gaul dropped the console on them. Hey, oh. The console wars are real. The console wars are real. No, me. All right. So the Lost Lord this week, I was actually, I was thinking, let's talk about a little bit about the experimentation of the Vex on Nessus, because that will tie into Exodus Black actually a little bit. Um, But we actually see this a bit in a couple of the adventures. And I, I actually, it took me reading the transcripts of the adventures to actually kind of pick up on it. I, I just, I'd be honest, it wasn't really on the forefront of my mind. I was too busy shooting things. Um, but when I was reading the transcript, there's a lot of connections between the Lost Crew and the release adventures. And basically what we see in the release adventure is the Vex are basically running a Thunderdome experiment on the Fallen. And so what they're doing is they are capturing the fallen and then they're putting them into this this chamber. Excuse me. They're putting them into this chamber and telling them, hey, kill each other, terminate each other. The winner, the last one standing gets uh, given freedom. And then the fallen are refusing to participate, which is then, of course, when the guardians show up and then the fallen, of course, have no problem shooting at the guardians. But up until that point, they were actually refusing to participate. And then at the end of that adventure, that's when you receive the unethical experiment uh, class item, which is either, you know, depending on your class, either a cloak, a mark, or a bond. And in it, that's where you get a quote from Failsafe about how they um, there were similar experiments conducted on her crew and how she doesn't want to talk about it. So I was just curious, do you guys do you guys have anything else that you kind of found on the that experimentation? Do you have I know Green and I had a little bit of a conversation, mostly because I'm really bad at explaining myself in text. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, a, the, and a person. The shut it. Nope, nope, shut nope, it. Nope. The the world quest also mentions the captain suspects that they are testing him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that is a line that he talks about and the scan that you have over by Exodus Black against the wall, I believe is the captain's scan. Yeah. Against the wall that has the lost sector on it. But and and there's, then, I, oh, there's, ex, there's kind of like little excerpts of the Vex testing happening in almost every adventure. Even when Failsafe gets captured, there's mm-hmm. a bit of testing that happens to her Mm-hmm. Mission as well. Cookie time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, I was gonna say also the Lost Crew mission is where we actually see experimentation on the Guardians themselves, and that's I think well, that's the one that Green and I were like we were we were talking on different wavelengths, um, mm-hmm. but like uh, Failsafe makes a comment 
so we also get this is so the lost crew adventure takes place after failsafe has gotten her or we got failsafe trapped for what a decade in the vex yes. network Ten or the equi- the equivalent the equivalent of a decade even though it was only moments for us um so this happens this adventure happens after that and she said, and that's where we actually hear that the Vex have a term for guardians, and that term is, quote, those who wield that which we cannot simulate, end quote. So that, that was, to me, that was actually kind of interesting because it, it's a little bit of a confirmation that the Vex are not able to simulate the light. Mm-hmm. Although there are, there are things in one of the adventures that make me think that they are trying to or at least trying to use similar technology right and then, i mean and then that ties into the saint 14 mm-hmm. uh, situation where they were able to simulate it but it took like a ton of effort on their part well they and had to create a whole mind right they did just for one yeah they didn't even necessarily like simulate that like, i think it was more had... like just like containing it wasn't it it was contain or siphon, but yeah, they had said it was like directly linked to Saint Fourteen's light, and it took uh, yeah. centuries in order for it to to be built. Yeah, so realistically, yeah. like each each of us kind of, if that is the case, and we all kind of act on a different frequency or harmonic underneath the light, that's also interesting because I guess that goes along with like uh, perhaps brainwaves or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but it is an an interesting little factor to to kind of throw into maybe why the Vex are not able to simulate light or even simulate what Oryx has because of the the paracausal nature being mm-hmm. linked up with like how uh, how we otherwise act or what it otherwise is that we simulate or w- what it is that humans kind of have or what it is that other races have, which is a a non-logical thought process that they just can't seem to grasp. It's the, maybe the ancient trope of machine will never be able to grasp or understand man entirely because we are emotional and they are not. Mm-hmm. With the caveat mm-hmm. that the Vex aren't really machines. No, I'm going to say they're, um, <laughs> Oh no, they're, they're not. They're, 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 um, they're, they're biological. Yes. But, they, but I mean, they're not, they're, they're machine like, Yes, but they are. They not function machines. most like a machine, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um. But yeah. So I, I didn't know. Uh, Justin, did you have something? Oh yeah. And no, I was just gonna say. I think the Vex are probably more close to biologically linked machines. Um. Through the radio area, but uh. No, I was. I was just gonna say that's a pretty fair fair assessment of it but i like what uh beard was saying about the the mind that the vex created to uh siphon st 14's light was specially attuned to his frequency mm-hmm. um because i think i think that makes sense that we're all we all kind of resonated at a different frequency we vibrate um, at as a different speed yeah we're like tuning forks mm-hmm. almost I mean, our ghosts might be might be like that. I would uh, I would say it would I also like 
it would also kind of dive into, you know, what makes Guardians special. Nothing. What? Huh? <laughs> see? See how I no. set that up for you? See how I set that up no. for you? <laughs> see, we just, we just vibrate. We vibrate better than the rest. That's all it is. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Is that is that so? Is that so? Let me introduce you to my friend. He's called Dredgen Yor. And he would like to introduce you to the fact that you are not special. Well, anyway. but we're all special. We're all special until we're not Special's only special until it's not. Exactly. Because <laughs> not is not special, guys. And then I, I can't remember what happened. Golden gun, golden gun, golden gun. <laughs> Sorry. Actually, I think it was golden gun, golden gun, let it fizzle, last word. Yes. <laughs> let it fizzle. Oh, that should also, be an emote. Also. I want to, some- guys, guys, seriously, though, this okay. should be an emote. Like, Golden gun, golden okay. gun, like the first part of the emote, and then like somebody doing like jazz fingers, jazz hands, <laughs> but the let it fizzle. Uh, Sorry, I actually wouldn't it wouldn't it just be activate golden gun, and then you like you know walk around a corner or something, and then it's gone. Mm. I think that works out a little bit better too. You could just be like running in place for a little bit, and all of a sudden, oh, where'd it go? It's not there anymore. <laughs> See, you're anyway. using it wrong. I use it like a shotgun. It I don't use it at all. I don't know what you're talking like, about. I don't know if Beard See, has a hunter. I honestly, I use I use it like a shotgun in Destiny One. I literally run around a corner. And, ah, ah, pop, 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 like right much. there. Panic that's how I use button. it. I, if if it ever runs out, that's just because it's poor planning on my part. I don't know. Cade would, uh, <laughs> it's poor Cade planning would on my words. part. Yeah. What <laughs> panic planning? What those words don't rhyme. Poor planicking. Mm. Poor planicking. <laughs> well done. Oh man. All right. Well, you want to jump into a like a quick summary of what what Exodus Black is. Sure. It was a ship. We're, what? <laughs> what? And we're done. We're Pod- done. Over. D- podcast is done. All right, you guys have wow. a great night. Wait a minute. Focus your That's fire. Like- Let your light yeah. shine by. You know, you ask for these Gorgeous. summaries, and it's just like, okay, I know there's more to it, and I know you have a giant paragraph written up in show notes, but I'd like Gorgeous. to steal the thunder sure. a tiny bit. So it's a ship. Then. Slightly. <laughs> Slightly. Anyway, uh, do you want to read it, or do you want no, me to? No, I, I was. I thought you were going to read it. That's why I was. You stole your own thunder. Oh, yeah. This is why I don't play <laughs> Ark Strider. Yeah. See what you did there. <laughs> the Exodus Black is a crash Golden Age colony ship located in the Arcadian Valley on seven zero six six Nessus. Originally intended to travel to the Kepler-186 system and colonize a world there with the assistance of a cache of SIVA, the ship encountered in, in catastroph- it's a catastrophic, a catastrophic when the planetoid Nessus altered its course for an unknown reason. After crash landing, landing on the Centaur, the crew and surviving colonists established a rough colony while trying to establish communications with Earth. They never achieved contact. Reasons for this failure are currently unknown. The crew 
after a period of time separated from one another and died, along with the colonists leaving the ship's, ship's damaged failsafe AI alone for centuries. Over the course of this time, Failsafe has witnessed the Vex conversion conversion of the planetoid, 92% complete currently, including the reformatting of molecules, killing of all living organisms, and digitizing brainwaves for further study. There were 585 colonists, 15 crew members. The ship's designation is EX-077, and that's the rundown of the summary. And also living proof recorded now of why green needs to always edit what blue rambles on in summaries. Because I live edit. That too. Yeah. She'll, she'll live edit, but yeah. Cause blue is not good at grammar. What is writing? Who does that? What is writing? That's not taught in schools anymore. No. Well, let's not talk about <laughs> talk about a triggering subject for me. Oh, oh, yeah. um, the other the other thing is for this particular subject, we actually do have a couple lore entries, but I, I hesitate to like read them because I mean I, I don't know how much it actually shows about like Exodus Black as much as it's just about the two crew members uh i think mm-hmm. it's sigurn and victor victor um, yeah think on that like and and i'm not i'm not by any means saying don't read them because they're actually very entertaining uh but that's the drang and sturm lore entries uh, i would definitely recommend reading them but it's more about the story of the conflict between those two figures uh than mm-hmm. it is about excess black in particular now Having said that, the flavor text of the Exodus Down armor set actually does introduce us to three of the crew members. That would be the captain, the flight officer, and the chief engineer, um, as well as kind of give us a really brief, like, three-sentence summary of basically the crash that happened. Um. I'm trying to remember. I think it was the. I think it was the legs. Excuse me. <clears throat> I think it was the legs that actually kind of reference exactly that we, they were going to crash because one of their engines went out. So not only did this planetoid jump into, or well, not jump, but not only was this planetoid not where it was supposed to be, according to their calculations, but they had engine troubles. And then we find out in the Exodus Down. Uh, I think it's the Exodus down cloak, I think, um, which which has the lore entry that is where we get the captain's logs that actually talks about them encountering the Vex and everything. Uh, Green, I know Green had a uh, a bit of a spin foil on that one. As to why the Exodus Black got crashed on the, the planetoid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely spin foil and you guys have kind of caught ramblings of me just kind of in a corner rocking back and forth because I've been listening to a lot of physics lectures, particularly about the space time and Einstein. Oh, be nice calling me lore safe. Um, so Einstein talked about space time and how energy affects the curvature and anything that has an immense amount of energy also can 
intensely affect the space-time around it, as well as mass, which granted most of the time we think of mass affecting space-time, which most people think is gravity. Because of the amount of energy that is on Nessus, we find that rock down by the crystalline things when you're trying to save uh, Cade Mm -hmm. the first time. That rock down there in the Vex Milk talks about how it has the power of six suns, I believe. Yeah. It it would kind of lead to a huge amount of distortion in the gravitational pull of Nessus. So it's not necessarily that the Vex like pulled them in or anything, but if they were starting a conversion process and exerting a bunch of energy, it could cause a an enlarged gravitational well to pull in the ship. Spin foil done. I listened to way too much of the physics podcast. It's not even a podcast. It's on Audible, guys. It's a free Audible. I was going to say there's a physics podcast. Actually, there is, but oh, you know. I'm there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's real cool. What do you think, Justin? Um. Well, centaurs already have uh, a an erratic orbit. Mm-hmm. Um. Just just the the nature of their orbit, they cross um, large bodies that that will yank them out of their orbit. So they have kind of a they don't have a, a elliptical. A, yeah, they don't have a reliable elliptical orbit like um, most planetoids do. So um, I think you could probably attribute the fact the the idea that the vex, um, uh, you know, that the vex had some vexiness going on that, that caused a gravitational disturbance that moved centaur is completely possible. Um, and then it's, it's, I mean, a lot more, I mean, a lot less uh, kind of intriguing would be that the unexpected orbital change was, was a natural phenomenon because that, that actually does happen. Right. But, but then if you really think about it, though, with an advanced fail-safe like AI, I mean, like, with an advanced AI like fail-safe on board, you would think that that would be accounted for. So it's very possible that there was some... Well, there was bef- before I toss on. it to Beard, fail-safe was actually not released just quite yet. Oh, not as quite. As we know her. Well, you would think they would have some kind of... Uh, there is a ship AI, but... Yeah, navigational ship AI. was not released in the form that we know her as. Beard, what do you think? Well, and what's really off about what Failsafe kind of mentions about Nessus is how there was apparently life on Nessus beforehand, how all life was basically like ruined or uh, destroyed by the Vex once they ended up starting to inhabit it. Meanwhile, we still see like all these trees and everything else that are growing, which Mm -hmm would indicate that there these may not necessarily be in any way uh shape or form possibly what we consider life as a a plant perhaps uh it could still lead back to something as it's being said in chat here uh related to siva uh which at that point would mean that it is in no factor uh a a a physical being of life if you will uh, though getting back to the ideas of like the uh, Vex doing something on the inside of the planet, we know for a fact that just the way that uh, the Vex kind of handle 
they do have this very weird idea of like what lifelessness is in a way. Uh, even the uh, the stuff that happens around Venus, for instance, there's still a whole ton of greenery that gets like interworked into the systems of what it is that they're building. So it isn't that they're quote unquote purist about it. Uh, it, you even see some stuff in the vault of glass for God's sake. It's, it's all over the place for them. So for them to maybe spark the core of Nessus and have it work in overtime in order to produce a life sustaining system in some regard out that far away from the sun possible. I mean, we see what the infinite forest is all about because technically when you go in, you're seeing the the crust of you're you're basically like in the mantle of mercury or even in the core of mercury or close to it and you're seeing the crust of mercury over your head like that's silly enough to think about uh the vex are not just about uh for whatever reason if it is just a byproduct of what they do like getting rid of all life it does seem like they're okay with plants uh seaweed sea monsters i don't know that's that's all i got um so i have a couple things real quick uh real quick on going back to the idea of the centaur planetoid um centaurs are generally just real quick generally they're icy minor planets they usually don't have a lot to them which is what one of the interesting things about nessus itself is which we're going to get into a little bit later but just a little quick history note on nessus this was actually a centaur so yes 7066 nessus you know for those who might not know this is an actual centaur planetoid it's real it's real it was actually discovered it was discovered by david i'm going to butcher this last name rabinowitz in 1993 at kit peak And this was actually his second centaur to find. Uh, the first one was 5145 Folus. And it, in Nessus is the, was the third centaur discovery. Uh, the first was in 1977 by Charles Kowal, which was 2060 Chiron. Um, so, and then kind of jumping a little bit into what Justin was saying, the unstable orbit for centaurs, Nessus's unstable orbit is actually caused by Saturn. Uh, yep. And the interesting thing here is that the current estimate places the path of Nessus not coming back within what's called one astronomical unit of a planet for at least another 20,000 years. So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, if we're trying to still connect the timeline of destiny to anything. Um, also the naming of Nessus is just a, uh, for those who always want to hear my mythological, connections here nessus oh, i knew this was coming nessus is an actual centaur uh, yep. nessus is the centaur who was so depending on the it was a little bit of a butthole it, well <laughs> that's what i was going to say depending on the poet or the playwright that you are reading the story on nessus ranged from an absolute jerk to a little bit of an egotistical jerk um basically what happened with nessus the big the big thing with nessus was that nessus is related to hercules or heracles uh his own mythology and nessus is actually the cause of hercules's death um so basically what happens is nessus 
uh, again, depending on the play, depending on the source that you're reading, the most common uh, story is that Nessus uh, steals Hercules' wife, and then in the process of stealing and you know carrying her off, Hercules actually shoots him with an arrow. And Nessus has, as a centaur, he has this this weird ability that his blood is actually kind of poisonous, um, and or depending on sometimes they say that the arrow that Hercules shot was had a viper's poison on it. Regardless, basically what happens is Nessus's blood um, then is later used by Hercules's wife, who is paranoid about Hercules basically cheating on her. Um, and she puts it on a robe that she then gifts Hercules with. Um, and, then finds out later that that blood is actually kind of akin to acid, but too late because Hercules is dying. And so he kills Nessus, but then later Nessus gets a basically a delayed revenge on Hercules because his blood is used to kill Hercules. It's a very interesting, very long myth. Um, Nessus was playing the long game, if you could say. Uh, but yes, Nessus is an actual centaur. Um, and you could then, say time didn't matter to time him. Time did not matter to him. No, it did not. Um, and then also real quick on the idea of the plant. I saw that actually in chat too because there's the comment about birds. There are there are animals on Nessus that yes. we see. Um, so I, there's a couple different theories. Uh, I, I actually kind of am in the question of do we know, you know, going to kind of what Beard was saying, the Vex aren't opposed to life. Like, in fact, I would argue that's kind of what makes them difficult to deal with and what troubles Osiris so much is that they're not opposed to life. They just want all life to be converged. It's actually, they're they're actually the exact opposite of genocidal robots. They They just want all life to be converged um but the other thing is that you know we see with like the data lattice uh for example whereas justin loves calling it data lettuce um we salad we see yeah it's kind of like this weird thing that's been a byproduct of of we don't know really know what but we do know that it has exo modification capabilities and contains information from the golden age which is troubling but anyways um my my point here is that yeah don't don't get me started don't get me started on Mm. the dawning gifts the dawning gifts are so much problems um but my my point here is that the plants first off nessus is predominantly red uh it's Mm. it's really really red um which, you know, not to make too big of a connection point there, but we have already had a faction that's really red and kind of plant-like in its growth. Oh, I thought you were saying a faction like the new monarchy faction, which is totally going to win the next faction rally. Get out now. Nope. I mean, nope. new monarchy as a corrupted faction that's taking over Nessus because you know, they're under... You <laughs> suck. I knew as soon as I was going to bring it up that you would pull this. But, you know, I went with it anyway in hopes that we would have a decent conversation. Anyway. anyway. Actually, I will give you this. War. I will give you this. War that cloak that cloak that New Monarchy has, 
I'm a I'm a fan of it. I, I do like their yeah. their cloak. Um, Gross. Okay, well, not all of us can be in the dark raving culture. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Uh, but I was, I was going to say like the other thing that you see with plants is that they actually incur or they actually can provide a natural network for information. So the Vex as part of the conversion of the planet, if this isn't SIVA, just, you know, whatever, which I, I, I kind of am on the fence on to be honest, but if it's not SIVA, you, um, you could uh, argue that the Vex are actually using the plant structure as an information network to to run connections between everything. Now that enters into the question of what about the birds and I I don't know like the the entire process of terraforming Nessus in general kind of bugs me because Nessus as a centaur just doesn't have anything um, no. at all. So the fact that Nessus even has an atmosphere that I'm going to say it's it's the same question we have with the with Luna like how is it that that Luna was able to be given an atmosphere in that respect as well Right right Meanwhile the 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 biggest difference though at least to our knowledge is the traveler had no actual connection with Nessus the yes. it did was either a Siva which is lightborn or the Vex, which in that regard, can the Vex end up creating an atmosphere? I would what? once again look at the infinite forest and look up at sky, because guess what? That sky has clouds in it. That's an atmosphere. That's pretty but well the same kind of idea. Hi, we, sorry, Green, go ahead. It's like we do have examples of Golden Age technology terraforming to an extent an inhabitable And failing planet. miserably. Right. Granted, <laughs> that... On yeah, and we're talking about Titan, by the right. way. Titan right. has been completely terraformed to an extent to make it hospitable to an extent and have an atmosphere and stuff like that. Now Yeah, Titan has its own problems. Right. Yeah. But Titan, if Liquid that methane. is like the precursor of the atmospheric capabilities of the Golden <laughs> Age technology. That would lead us to think that Exodus Black is a slightly more advanced version of that and could possibly have terraforming capabilities, Siva, on the ship that would terraform Nessus. Now, granted, I know we're talking about how it already had organic life on it. Right. And my, and also, as, the, as a clarification real quick on that, we know that Golden Age Humanity had terraforming engines. Yeah. Yes. Because, because Venus, like... Yeah. We humanity was the one that terraformed Venus. That was where the Hesperonauts were involved. So, like, I'm not, and I, but I guess my my question really, my my question really is more of an issue of a timeline because mm-hmm. the Exodus Black crashes and they build a freaking colony. But there's a nine day. Well, okay, there's nine days that have been reported in the world mission. Because there's a line, and I want to pull it up. Somebody else want to take. Justin, you have something. What do you got going? No, I was just going to say that uh, it it actually kind of halfway makes sense that the Vex would not only tolerate um, some biological life, but um, maybe even twist and turn the biological life to their uses. Um, there's a couple of examples 
in real world of giant macro organisms um, that um, would be really useful to the Vex. Um, there's a forest in Utah. It's the Fish Lake National Forest. Mm-hmm. And all of the trees are genetically identical. They're clones. Um, and the the kind of it's got this kind of like really cool symbiotic root system. Um, and not to the extent as you see in like, you know, like a movie like Avatar, where all the trees feel the things and they all have feelings together, but it's kind of moving in that in that general direction. But there, I mean, that forest, I mean, it's, it's, it goes over a hundred acres. So you can imagine if you were trying to be like the Vex and have your hand kind of spread out over a planet, um, getting into the root system of something like that, um, because you are biological, um, would, would be something I could see the Vex doing. Well, and that's definitely on point in a lot of ways because of how the Vex end up maneuvering. Look at uh, what they end up doing. They go underground. Look at Mars. They go underground. That is the absolute place that they end up residing. So, yes, root system, I think, is very a very good way to kind of showcase that. And think of it from the Radiolaria perspective. A lot of Radiolaria also exists more uh, fairly deep underwater. Uh, versus what you'll have with like it being more on the surface. Uh, that's, at least to me, one of the, the other interesting parts of it. Uh, if it is meant as like a, a connection that way, that's a pretty... Uh, just an interesting idea that they are trying to work with the, te- uh, with the existing environment, and then eventually they could just get rid of it because they know in the end it's all going to go away anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Possibility. And there's there's actually a better probably a better example isn't the trees but it's there's a parasitic fungus that's called the honey fungus um, that is massive and it it just takes over whole forests and it seems to be one organism um, it's it's actually pretty pretty cool stuff. Okay, I found the the line from the mission where it says, Day 9, we're out of just about everything. Water, oxygen, ideas. I'm going to disable the shackle programming on the ship's fail-safe AI. We need every bit of help we can get. So, first off, I just want to know your takeaways from that line. Like, what do you immediately get out of that line? Because I get a They're lot. They're really, really poor planners. Well, if you're planning on terraforming whatever you land on immediately as soon as you get there, and it doesn't go the way that you planned, what? Oh, maybe mm. Siva is not released, and they well, only had right. so much. And I and I can I think this. So I think this goes back. Okay, real quick. Uh, give me one second. Uh, Dancing Viru in chat also points out there was a scan that states that the red foliage is part of the Vex's firewalls. So that kind of connects back into the the terraforming question about the Vex. Um, But in regards to the day nine um, scan, you know, I think this goes back to the original or I think it was the conversation. I can't remember when we had this conversation, but it was Beard and I who had this conversation about 
is Siva on the ship or is it on a separate ship that was sent out ahead? And I think that in my mind, the fact that they only had 10 days worth of supplies and they're panicking to me, I agree green. I think it means that either they don't have the codes to release Siva which is good because then that would mean that the Vex would have gotten access to Siva or, or Siva isn't on the ship at all. It's actually on a separate ship that was sent out before. And it's supposed to be terraforming a colony for them to arrive at. I don't know if I would agree with that. Just based on the voice lines we have from failsafe though, she talks about how Siva there's the Siva protocol. There's a Siva protocol. But she doesn't have access to a cat. So, so having having a protocol that's related to Siva does not nece- does not mean that there is Siva present. Because Siva, they would have to handle Siva if they landed on the like. I I don't know. I think I I just see a a vanguard process and literally like the literal definition of vanguard, not the vanguard, but like. You have a staggered you have a staggered launch set. So you have the Exodus project is basically got two two tiers. You have Siva, mm-hmm. which is going out preliminarily, and it's landing. And th- this is also because this is actually kind of a, a a real plan that we've seen in reality with like the Mars exploration. There are studies on trying to figure out how to send robotic forms to a planet to build construction or to start construction of a site so that when hu- human colonist or human scientist or whatever arrive there, they already have a basic established base of operations in which they can operate out of to continue building or to expand on. And then they don't have to worry about carrying so many supply, so much supplies with them in transit, which would then translate into, they don't have to have so much fuel. They don't have to take up so much space. They can carry more people instead of carrying the, you know, the, the necessary, necessary, um, components to live with, um, which, kind of to me goes back into the i mean yes there are roughly 600 people actually there are 600 people exactly um inside exodus black that survived so we don't know really how many are actually there originally but we know that roughly 600 survived i mean nine days worth of food for 600 people that's a lot i mean it, it is a lot but at the same time if you're on a colony ship the size of exodus black you would I don't I don't know. I would just I would either expect them if they had Siva on board, they should be able to access that in order to they shouldn't have run out of supplies in nine days. Is well, my point. Okay. Beard, I'm gonna step on you just a tiny bit because I know you have mm-hmm. something to say too. Um there is a lot of Exodus Black that is destroyed. If right, Siva right, is true, stored true. somewhere, it may they may not have access. They may not even know where that portion of the ship is because they were not leaving that cove initially. It's... They got mad at the captain for trying to go to the next area to get the uh, radio tower to try to have radio for help. Right. And and that's true. I guess my, my counterpoint to that is that um, the scan does mention that they are going to disable the shackle programming on the ship's failsafe, 
which mm-hmm. I mean, okay. So to be clear, <laughs> to be clear, all of this, this argument for me at least is all about like my assumptions and inference of just this one scan. Uh, Green, I defer to you on on other scans because you're because you're much more well versed on them. So please let me know if I'm being if I'm contradicting something else. Um, but to me, when I hear that they're going to disable the shackle, pro- so first off, they're day nine, right? They're disabling. They're just now getting to the point where they're disabling the shackle programming of the failsafe AI, which to me kind of indicates that they already have something in place of that AI. Like they because then they she goes on to say that we need every bit of help we can get. I'm like, if you're needing every bit of help, why are you just now getting to de-shackling the the ship's AI? First off, my f- actual first question is why was the failsafe shackled in the first place? I'm really curious about that process, but I'm going to ignore that. Um, you know, like I'm just it's 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 a it's a dredge in your situation. I just have bits and pieces. And I, I really want to connect the dots, but I don't. There's too there are too many variations that you can use to connect dots in different ways, um, which is what I love and also hate. Mm-hmm. But beard, sorry. So going along with the idea, <clears throat> my goodness, going along with the idea that uh, Exodus Black is like in 108 different pieces. Um. We don't know where all the food stores are. We True. don't know necessarily how all of the equipment or that stuff is unfortunately laid out. Uh, as another point of reference, if they are, at least my thinking on it, if they are figuring that at day nine, they now need to unshackle it and they are out of food, did something happen in that realm? that forced them to now need to look for a different source of food where they did not have it previously. Uh, that would be at least my question on that angle that they, uh, they effectively had run out of their food stores. They thought they had more. And now at this point, they're just gone. I feel like they would have uh, unshackled her earlier if they knew that for knowledge sake that all of their food was taken care of, or if it wasn't like a the Martian kind of situation where all of a sudden uh, Matt Damon loses all of his potatoes because of a rupture in the 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 mm. habitat. That's that's true. Yeah, there could be a so. there could be another. And then there's the question of the fallen, right? Right. I mean, I gotta say, how when when did they actually when did get they there? get there? Were they were they poking at it for that long? Or yeah. and then there's also the I, I've seen I uh, I think it was Trigger in Discord uh, Trigger Blade who made the comment about you know what if this was also back in Destiny One we had the Grimoire card of the Vault of Glass mystery where the Exos are fighting Vex against the Golden Age ship you know mm-hmm. what if that is connected to the Exodus Black. It's possible. There's it's de- a, I mean, it's definitely there's possible. A, there's a scan that talks about a connection to the Vault of Glass and other aspects that the Vex have done that are just not on Nessus. Like, they're connected energetically. I was going to say the gardens are a big one, too, mm-hmm. where they say that there is more than one garden. Oh, okay. Dancing is correcting me in chat. Sorry. Uh, failsafe 
according to Failsafe, Cade let Fallen follow him to Nessus. Mm-hmm. Trigger is also correct. Trigger, right. Trigger is also correct in me saying that he does not remember saying this. Trigger, Good just to know. just just take credit for for these these nice little tidbits. The other thing. Okay, so I've been digging through all my scans because I was a bad kid and didn't look through them ahead of time. So we were talking about terraforming mm. and capabilities of the ship. I put into our little private chat the scan that I found of the antenna that is, I believe it is in the Glade of Echoes. Yes. And it's an antenna on the outside of the ship, which was there to help with last-minute ionosphere composition during landings. Um, the ionosphere? Uh, Blue, do you want to talk about that one? Cause yeah, I actually, I was... Concise. Yeah, I was... So the ionic... The ionic ionospheric composition wow that was more difficult than i thought it was going to be is basically the layer of the earth's atmosphere that is at near the near the very top uh it's about 50 to 600 miles above the earth's surface and basically it includes the i think it's called the thermosphere and a couple other different components but the interesting connection here is first off it would create green yeah you said that it would create an upper crust of the atmosphere which would then encourage basically greenhouse effects and that encourages atmosphere development and all that. But it also has a lot to do with radio wave propagations. Um, Now the odd thing about an ionosphere is that basically it's an atmosphere. It's basically atmospheric gases that have been ionized. So this is basically their electric currents running through it. Justin will probably correct me if I say that wrong, but what that actually does is that creates basically a shell in which radio waves bounce off of. So it doesn't actually further the radio waves. It actually bounces them back. Now, which makes sense because they were not able to radio to earth. Right. Right. Which is, they kind of, if, if they, if they activated this thing to build an ionosphere on Nessus, they kind of stabbed themselves in the foot because they couldn't, it's not that you can't get radio waves through an ionosphere, but the, the point of that is that if you um, basically the, the concept is that if you angle the direction of uh, a high frequency or short wave radio waves, you can reflect radio waves basically back towards the planet. So for cases on Earth, what we'll do is we'll, we'll shoot a radio wave um, up in the sky and it actually rebounds at an angle and it can jump around the horizon. So it, it increases the, it increases the reach of a radio wave, but it increases the reach of a radio wave by redirecting it back. So if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in regards to getting a radio wave from one planet to another, an ionosphere would actually not help but if you're trying to communicate to the other side of the planet or planetoid it would help fine mm-hmm. well and i think that's why one of the uh one of the scans that green was very good about just posting in the private chat of course uh showcases that they were trying to get a little higher mm-hmm. uh and yeah in yeah. that regard if they were attempting to one they were still in the valley the dummies uh, two, they would really need to get pretty high up there. 
uh, and unfortunately, they just couldn't make it out. So not even not even us, not necessarily like we we would need to know the radio signal at which Exodus Black is transmitting for one thing. But even as like an offsides thing, even with a ghost that is seemingly capable of picking up a lot of different radio chatter, uh, they were never able to hear what it was that Nessus had uh, in terms of the signal. So no, I do think it's a little bit more possible that they unfortunately did not have the chance uh, to realistically send that signal out because they were trying to terraform the planet and it didn't go the way they expected. Or the Vex. I think I would probably go with evil, evil robots. <laughs> um, and also, they just, uh, Necro and chat just mentioned this, but that also the the ionosphere composition could also explain why they were starting to get their own radio signals back. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, I forgot about that scan because they did. Uh, they yeah, did that actually. Was, he was that. like, That's he's like, I sound true. a lot calmer than I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Like he was he was trying even though he knew it was uh it was absolutely useless to to do what they were trying to do, which is the the terrible thing about it. Like now you've got 600 colonists either in stasis or out of mm-hmm. which I I still don't know if like all of them survived the crash initially. I think they uh I'm still up in the air on that one, but right. we at least have like full confirmation that the what the payload was that they were carrying. Uh, but at that point, now you've just basically went off planet in the hopes of getting away from something that was extremely what? catastrophic, and now all of a sudden mm. you've got six hundred uh, six hundred dead people. Well, here's a question to that point. Were they actually mm-hmm. trying to get off from something catastrophic because they were released so much before all yeah, the rest I think of the ships? I kind of took it as they were part of the Exodus program, like the true like Exodus program. The, like the the not not the panic. Yeah, not the panicked the Exodus program. The the let's expand humanity Exodus program. Because there's the what is it? There's a card from D one. It's a map. Got it. Uh, uh, old Russia too, I think, mm-hmm. where they talk about the Exodus program, and for some reason the link does not work. For some, that's not helpful. Unfortunate, but in it's the card I'm thinking about. They do talk about the Exodus program and how some of the Exodus ships left ahead of time, namely Black. I. Blue tried blue, to take blue off tried and to couldn't leave. leave. That was that was the one of the um panic uh, uh, oh, the the flavor text about Exodus Blue panicking was actually in Destiny Two. Um uh but that was also the one that's kind of poking fun at researching lore because they're like, There's so many colors and then it's like no cite your sources. It's one of the ghost <laughs> shells. It's uh it's uh it's a dawning ghost shell, I think. Yeah, it is. I can't remember which. Um, but I, I remember reading it because I, I remember, I think, Beard, you and I were talking about that, how it's kind of like making fun of us for all yep. the crazy theories. Yep. Um, yep, yep. So, but there there is there is discussion on, you know, like Exodus Blue was a map. Um, 
and there is discussion on that because the uh, ghost fragment Exodus Blue uh, it has some colorful words about the fallen actually from the yeah. I think it's the one of the engineering techs that's helping the Red Jacks recapture that area and you know it's like they, they I mean it's pretty clear that civilians are pretty cognizant of what that at least attempt was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old Russia two is not the card I'm thinking of. That's actually the Mayday signal mm-hmm. card. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. might be thinking of three if you're thinking of Lanshu, because I think that's where you're you're trying to delve. Yeah, because uh, I think she was the that was the first time we had kind of heard about the Exodus project in full, or at least mm-hmm. pretty close to it. Uh, and I do remember that there were some that were sent out of head at time. And like that almost gave hints to me that like they knew about the darkness signal even beforehand. So on. Well, I mean, then you had Rasputin who was arguably in charge of the Exodus who also right. was, was able to detect taken frequencies. Right. <clears throat> what? What about, what about, uh, neutrino scatterings? Oh my God, what? what about neutrinos? Yeah. Thank you. I love, I love, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> yep. Oh, yep. Um, but but to come back to Exodus Black, uh, I actually kind of wanted to get like a little bit of thoughts on Failsafe. I know that's a lot of the chat or a lot of in-game interaction with Exodus Black is basically through Failsafe. So I was just curious, um, you know, I, I'm to kind of start us off with the most recent event, <gasps> the dawning, we have a gift for failsafe, which I find humorous because we have a gift for failsafe, but we don't have a gift for Tyra. <sighs> I guess we forgot just, about her. Like that she just forgot about yeah, us. Yeah, it just bugs me so much that. But anyways, so the gift, the gift for failsafe from the dawning was fancy earrings. Which I'm still not really understanding. Like I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just missing a joke somewhere. Well, and you know where I was going with it because the components that they were right, right, telling us to gather was like heavy armor from uh, Vex Minotaurs, and then yeah, I was like, oh, we're gonna build, are we gonna, are we building a frame or something? Right, and then all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, we're going to put Failsafe's AI inside of this thing, and she's going to walk around." Wonderful, great! This is going to be beautiful because <laughs> she's already um, so so well crowded. <laughs> I'm going to say she's going to show up in the tower and be like, "What is this? <laughs> like, what what even is this? Like, why do I care? What what are you people doing? Like." <laughs> What is what is wrong with you? I brought my friends. I brought research. my friends who are really good at terraforming things. No. Uh, wait, wait, fail safe, full stop. <laughs> the Kagan it said. Is, yeah, really. Because she is doing research into uh, like what the city is. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, her and, and the Tyra are too. in conversation. Yep. Like she's. Uh, if she has any direct link to the Vex at all, uh, we're just feeding her info left and right. Like, that's the, the really kind of quaint part about Failsafe, if nothing else. Right, especially uh, after the adventure, the cookie yeah. adventure. Which I can't remember I which, which, which adventure is. I can't remember the name of the adventure, but 
I just for, uh, refer I, to it as the cookie adventure. He, for those who, who missed that connection, uh, it's Black Mirror. I think see, Justin will need to jump in on that one. I can't remember which season exactly. I want to say it's season one, but I might be mistaken. I think Justin might have fallen asleep on his new computer. But yeah. anyways. Now, now he's getting drool on the keyboard. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a mess. It's you know, a- you can get stuff to take that out, right? <laughs> yeah, pins. I mean... Pins is not going to drive all the way from the East Coast down to Texas to fix his computer. If he can do it remotely, he'll help. But there's a line. There is definitely a line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I understand this line very well. But yeah, so so the materials that we used were was the heavy metal from Minotaurs and then the crystals from Dustlight. And yeah, I'll be honest, I was I was thinking the same thing. And then we got the earrings, and I was like, uh, okay. And I think, wasn't that kind of her response as well? Was like, Thanks? Well, there's two responses you can get from her. The first one is, oh, what a nice gift. How lovely. Or something along that line, of course, in the nice voice. And then she flip-flops to the, uh, to the, to the, to the snarky, snarky safe, as I will call her. Um, and what you get out of that is what do I, what am I supposed to do with these? Like legitimately and flat. And I'm just like, that's wonderful. Like she has, she has no idea what to, what to realistically do with them. And I'm still sitting here going, so are we still going to stuff like there's two of them. So are we going to stuff like good fail safe in one of them, bad fail safe in the other, and then like give them to Tyra Karn and have her walk around so that she has a fail safe to never forget us again. She's got a, she's got a, that joke was really roundabout. I'm sorry. You know, I liked it. I was waiting for the mic drop at the end. It was, it was, it was all right. It was a good joke. I followed Okay. That's good. Now I just have <laughs> now I just have a picture of Halo's BB as failsafe. Mm-hmm. Oh lord. <laughs> Which well, is a great model actually because BB was kind of a <laughs> Yeah. Failsafe yeah. is such a scary character in yeah. so many ways because of the the juxtaposition between nice failsafe who is also snarky at times. And just flat out snarky snark snarks into snark snark. Snarf snarf. Snarf snarf. <laughs> Shut yeah. your modulator. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean she's Cave she's unit. not exactly Cave nice. unit. delete yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Kindly delete yourself. Mm, I love That's that still, I love those lines. That and then yeah, fail safe. We did good, didn't we? Huh? Huh? Did you see we uh you live in his backpack? <laughs> Uh-huh. So technically the captain did, did it. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. shut yourself off. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. switch off. Yes, there are so many like good uh, metaphorically curse words that come from failsafe. Oh, yes. Yeah, they they skirt that line of that T for teen rating. I tell mm-hmm. you what. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for a, you know, Few uh, few Battlestar Galactica words that they can throw in uh, once in a while. Yes. But anyway, you know what though? Hack the planet with failsafe. That oh. adventure. She threatens Ghost twice 
once uh-huh. early on before we actually connect her into the planet Nessus. And then afterwards, she's like, I will never forget. I never forget the slight, essentially. It's like, oh, uh-huh. my God, you are a very scary, scary, scary machine that I'm glad is stuck on this ship. Well, and you see, this is this is one reason that I was like really kind of scared, but really, uh, really excited to see what they were going to do. If it was like a frame that we were putting together for her over mm-hmm. the dawning, mm-hmm. uh, but also is a big and I don't mean to bring it up like this because, like I said, I'm a little extra salty tonight because I'm not feeling well. Uh, one big miss when we are on Nessus when Ghost is taken over by Sagira. How would yep. Failsafe and yep. Sagira have interacted? Mm-hmm. Because oh, I, I thought point, I was thinking I was thinking Failsafe take over Ghost, but yes. Well, I'm going to say that's 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 another possibility because yeah. Here's anyway. a point for you, though, too. Go ahead. Wouldn't Failsafe have already met Sagira? Because there's two adventures where we know, well, one confirmed, one theoretical adventure where Osiris has talked to Failsafe. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I thought, I got the impression that it was just Osiris. But Osiris like if it was and Sagira a re- were it, together. But if it was a reflection. Were they at that point? But were they at that point? And also the question also is, what if that was a reflection of him? Yeah. Also, good point. I'm going to say like there's the, too the, many... The, the reflections aspect of Osiris, or I can't remember the actual term. Is it, refl- is it reflection? Mm-hmm. Or is it refraction? I can always... I always flip that. Reflections. Anyways, yeah. the that entire concept kind of presents new ways to read certain cards. Because there's also the question of like... Anyway, anyways, fail safe. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's say, a tangent. That's a tangent the, in and of itself. Is I I got us on the Osiris ter- tangent. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's a it's a good it's a good one. Um, because you're you're right. Because I would be curious on that note, like how failsafe would respond to the knowledge that ghosts can be overwritten. Right. I'm gonna say I the don't knowledge think of failsafe has that power. I don't think failsafe has Shh. that knowledge. She mm-hmm. might have that power now. I think she. After being I think up into the Vex it, network, but you know. I don't. You know, and I, I think that that also begs the question of what, because again, that goes back to she's no longer shackled. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean, though? Like, what and, was the shackle? And, that she and, was confined to the ship, maybe. Right, but right. I mean, and th- that's what I mean, though. Is like the question there is like, to me, it's it's really you know. Now that she's not, because I mean, we know that she wasn't reshackled, obviously, mm-hmm. because you know they died, um, right? But like, I mean, I I don't know that she doesn't have the power to overwrite Ghost. We know she that Rasputin does. Effects. We know I that Rasputin say, does. So if uh, if Failsafe is unshackled, where do we consider Rasputin? I don't think we necessarily have enough information in order to say if they would be on the same level mm. additionally that failsafe mm. wouldn't have the resources that Rasputin would she would and, now well, I would say, I'm going to say per yeah. this point yeah that right changes. I was about to say because Rasputin at this point is shackled and failsafe isn't but at the same time 
as far as computational power. If I think Respia is, still has more. Oh, no. You're right. If, you're right. Yeah, she's been plugged yeah. into the Vex network, and she's got access to be able to speak with them on, <laughs> it seems like, at will, because she creates her own password to get into the network that the ghost uses during the yes. conversations. So she has the ability to talk with the Vex, which means she possibly could use some of their functions and computational You power. know what I also just realized is what happens if she communicates that password to Rasputin? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, that's terrifying. That's that's like where I'm going along this line. Like, because I mean, I mean, the Vex network, and uh, you know, I know people love it when I do this, but the Vex network to me is Destiny's equivalent of the domain from Halo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, domain is well. There's different. There's there's nuanced differences between the two of them, obviously. But mm-hmm. you know, oh my gosh, yeah. If Rasputin what about, got access what about- to world mines, mm-hmm. and how to step? Well, right. I mean, that would be because that would arguably be something the Vex would have knowledge of. Well, I'm going to say at that point, he wouldn't need the stranger at all. So if the if the stranger did oh, not God. give uh, that information to Rasputin within the I think it's Rasputin 2. I could be wrong. Yeah, it's uh, one of the card, Rasputin cards. Yeah, it's it's two or four. And I always get them screwed up. Um but within either of those cards, then per that point, that ends up opening up this door that there is going to be the possibility that he could just look into it from the Vex uh, ideas to understand what's going on. The question would be, would he risk it in how he would end up handling um, in his system being taken over possibly by the Vex because he would be smart enough to to probably realize that that would be a but, problem. Right. Now he doesn't have to because he has failsafe. Because failsafe is already fail done all the firewall. For, right. Yeah, he's he's already got failsafe as like the the one that's already done all the homework. So now they can go ahead and touch base other, at this point. The other thing too is resp- I mean again, I kind of go back to this this piece of little semantics, but the vex are not machines. Rasputin mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't think Rasputin has too much to worry about the Vex taking over his. I mean, they they could, they could. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. but like, we just we from just a, don't understand how the Vex right how they interact with. I mean, we do know right. that they're they're described as living metal, but actually, we do forward. have one reference as to how they may interact with a machine, aka our ghost, because well, and exos, right. Oh, is that where you're going with it? Well, I'm going with the firing aspect that happens in Deep Conversation, because there's a line Mm. that Failsafe says, like, they are trying to interact with you, Ghost, but your captain is in the way type thing, or the the captain's in the way. And so they're literally firing at you at this point, and they're trying to give you the information, the answers to the questions that Ghost asked. Yep. But you can't get to it, because they can't interface correctly. (laughs) You know what that reminds me of? So there's a there's an old, old book from Star Wars expanded. Well, the Legends now expanded universe, but there it's Rogue Squadron. And there's a oh, you might know where this one's going. But there is a point at which one of the characters actually um, in like sneaks onto an Imperial Star Destroyer. And in order to get information back to their 
their compatriots they get in a dogfight with the x-wings in a tie i think he's in a tie interceptor or tie fighter Mm -hmm. but they've reconfigured the lasers to not do any damage but to transmit information yeah so so every time the x-wings get hit by this tie fighter they they get a piece of the data package that they're sending back which would be a super clever way to actually transmit Right, which is which is why like everyone was like freaking. It was it was one of like the funny and plus Rogue Squadrons. Like if you have not read Rogue Squadron series, just do yourself a favor and read it. It's absolutely Rogue Squadron is fantastic. It's just absolutely hilarious. Wedge Antilles is an amazing character. Um, Wedge deserves so much more screen time. (laughs) Oh my god! Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm gonna start gushing about Wedge Antilles. I'm just the hangover. The hangover with Wedge, where he's like, "Can someone turn that off?" Uh, uh, sir, that's (laughs) that's the sun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Turn it off. (laughs) Um, no, but like, so yeah, like that's exactly what I just was like picturing there. Um, yeah yeah and right now they're talking about the equivalent like the destiny equivalency of rampancy being a shackle restriction um i mean i i don't know it 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 depends on if rampancy is a thing in destiny because i mean powerful fail safe actually is or also you know how comfortable uh, the golden age was necessarily with uh, AI being being in an, a more open state. I guess you could say. I guess that's the only other possibility. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, because you know, the other question there for me is um, going back to again is is rampancy even a thing in Destiny? Mm-hmm. I mean, because I mean, legitimately, I don't, I don't know if it is because failsafe is really the only one that we've actually seen a, a um, severe split. I mean, you could argue yes. that Rasputin is crazy, but that, but he's consistent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even Exos, Exos have deteriorated, right, right, right. Which I'm sorry, like when whenever we talk about Rasputin stepping, I, I, I don't know if this is the same for you guys. But I just get this picture of a really big spider skittering across timelines like a web. Like I was more thinking the Russian step dance. Well, okay, that that's a little <laughs> bit more. I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to that one. I might I might like that one a little bit better. Um, but yeah, no, I mean like the the only the only AI that we've seen really or that we've interacted with really. I guess arguably not counting exos or mm. frames are like the world the world level AIs is Rasputin, you know, and, and yes. we've seen a consistent thread from Rasputin. Uh yes. failsafe introduces but then again we also have the explanation that failsafe is not actually really an A like she's not she is an AI, but she's not she's an operational AI. AI. Like she is the failsafe AI for the ship's AI. Here's a question, just to kind of kick us away from the AI talk a mm-hmm. little bit, and then back to Exodus Black Crew. What are your two's take on the mission where we find Captain? Mm. Anyone? The mission where we find the Captain and... He's a harpy. 
Oh, now, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna. Wanna... Yeah, I'm not gonna okay. say that he is a harpy, but like, yeah, the one say, that failsafe thinks is a harpy. I'm gonna say, are we gonna are we gonna start talking Kabir lines here and and start wondering, you know, how much of that person is really Kabir because we already were told that, you know, the next time he talks, it's not really Kabir. Uh, because the same kind of idea could also imply towards, uh, Captain Jacobson at that point. Like, it's not really Captain Jacobson. It is an entity which holds his memories, mm-hmm. but that is as far as it goes. God, every time we start talking about AI, machines, anything else, I'm just like, can I just start talking about Nier Automata for the next 50 minutes? Mm-hmm. Because that's what's <laughs> going to end up happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the game has so many like different implications back to what we talk about and the the ideas of like how AI even functions. Yep. That is like mind blowingly so good in connecting like everything this way. Uh, so long story short, I'll I will keep spoilers to a very minimum because this is very spoiler territory. There is a character uh, that effectively is put to death uh, within uh, the game. And then at that point is actually transferred uh, in a way to another character, but it's only through memory. These memories though, only sit within uh, this character's mind and realistically don't do much. uh, Otherwise they don't like really transpire. Uh, What I mean by this, of course, could end up being the same thing with like Captain Jacobson, where his, essence or his memories or his ideas or what they were able to study from him is able to be uh influenced into uh what is actually put into uh this harpy and it may not just be the harpy it may also be the network in general this networked consciousness uh can also then work together uh fabricating these ideas from what they were able to utilize from the knowledge uh, of what they researched from Captain Jacobson. Uh, That is where, for me, I don't think overall it is a a connection of it being Captain Jacobson. I just think it is something that has some vast knowledge of who he is. But getting back to the point you made quite a few ways before, Green, I had never had the thought of, like, Vex possibly being like working with us or trying to communicate with us Mm -hmm. because till that point do we even in any way shape or form have any possible uh mode to know that the vex can communicate with us at all no this is the first time we see a harpy speak like really broken rough english to us and it does it well enough that we understand it. So is that because of Captain Jacobson or is that just because that they've, you know, looked at us often enough, they've heard about our communication methods, whatever it might be. And it's not like full sentences because they they can't seem to get that that statement right. They the don't thing that really I really okay. get our sentence structure. Anyway, I would, it's like I there's a couple of points I want to make. Mm-hmm. First off, the harpy that we get tested by essentially an interface with, because I think there's like a, a mind meld thing type happening yeah, or mind connecting type thing. Right. Actually, if you watch maybe a neurosymbiosis, mm-hmm. 
Mm. Anyway, you, sorry, I had to. No, no worries. Uh, if you watch the other Vex, the ones with the red eyes, they actually fire at this harpy. Great. They're attacking this harpy. Second point, we do have a line where the Vex are digitizing brainwaves. Maybe <sighs> like they're digitizing. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, that that connection is always fine, I... which we do have. I... EX-077. <laughs> but I'm more so going to the fact that they took, they, they did a lot of testing on Captain Jacobson because he says his very last line is, I, I believe they mean to, to test me type thing. Mm-hmm. While I, he's underneath a pile of rubble. Yeah, right. sure. Thanks, Vex. But if they're trying to digitize human brain waves, they function at such a high level that what we would consider speech would be very kind of clunky. Uh, uh, highly, highly, because if you if you think about a computer and how they transfer information, this is what uh, scared us back in June when the uh, Facebook uh, chat bot started making their quote-unquote own language to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were They are so much more functional in how they handle language that it's just like, a zip back and forth on like bits and bites and how that information would be like if well, it's you curve, just binary. Yeah. Well, and even if like you curve this line this way, it means something completely different to mm-hmm. what it would be this way. But all we need to do is define that. And suddenly you have a language for these things to actually understand each other. Uh, right. That's where, you know, our language of putting letters together is effectively so in all manner of speaking, compared to a computer, it's near useless. There's so many different ways you can go with this one. Yeah. The never be. You're going to have to explain the never okay. be. Oh my the gosh, the never be. Installation. I love it. Anomaly 779. Um, so the the reason why I was kind of connecting this to the never be was because you guys were talking about like the mind meld and the digitizing brain waves and stuff like that, which is basically what the never be does. Um, and also, like if you reread the never be card, uh, which is ghost ghost fragment, the golden age two, um, reread it and think of convergence, mm-hmm. an electric no. sense of belonging to a cause. The intuition no. that a pivotal truth is about to be delivered, a persistent foreboding that lingers for days to years, amorphous grief, agape love. Wow, that sounds can that I sounds just, kind of like convergence. Anyways, can I just can I just say I'm, the very first line of this card? Skyscape frescoes of smart, smart crystals yep. and pigments in Wait a for ceiling it. of Vestian plaster in diamond ribbing. Uh, hey, sounds very vexy. Yep, it's it's like the the father and son looking at the yeah yeah the, yeah. the ever changing fresco. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Oh, blue! You had to do that, <laughs> didn't so, you? So, at least he used George Takei. Let's be honest here for a second. <laughs> right, carry on. So, so to be clear, though, it also is. Um, I'm trying to remember. Did we ever figure out where this was located? Am I just not remembering that? Uh, it was on uh, the the Never Be installation, I believe, was in Luna. 
Uh, um, I don't remember. Wasn't wasn't that the Vestin? The, Vestin is Venus. Mm-hmm. Is isn't that? Uh, what am I thinking? Isn't that meant to be like the 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 anomaly? The defi- like yeah. that, that's what it is, right? But yeah. the anomaly I, is the Rasputin anomaly. Is that anomaly anomaly seven seven nine? Because that's a number designation. I was going to say because there is the anomaly, and I know that Lanshu. Oh yeah, so like they don't different things. Up. They yeah. don't they don't confirm it, but they do confirm. Yeah, thanks, dancing in chat. Just he he typed this just as I was reading this. Um, it's not confirmed where it was, but it was moved because there was a corner that was damaged because then we get to see (laughs) so this gets even more vexy um you get to see that the key materials have not been identified but there is evidence that the fresco ties into quantum computers set in a parallel dimension or on a distant world oh vexcape um so yeah so like i mean the the Sorry, I just had to say that. <laughs> um, I, I I like it. I like the idea that it's connected. Be, I mean, and then we go back again to the data lettuce, right? Or data lettuce, however you want to call it. Um, you go back to that having connections to exo modifications capabilities. Um, you know, I, I just, I see a lot of connection. And then we have scans on Nessus that talk about exos that have configured vex portals or vex communication points nodes to be con- like you know to be interfaced with and you know there's just there's a lot of things that are kind of hinting at the vex and exo have very similar capabilities you start talking about digitizing brain waves and digitizing minds you're talking about transferring the persona of a human being into a quote com- uh, machine well guess what that's a positronic brain basically you know that's like that's a what, what yeah Sorry. yeah no i mean right right i mean it is and and that's where you get the idea of an exo i mean that's arguably what the exos are you see that with cade Kate even says that in some of his uh, maps, like the the interaction with Eris, where she's like, she kind of makes fun of him or something about his bones. And he's like, oh, Exos don't have bones. We left those a long time ago. You know, I mean, he's basically saying that. So the fact Mm -hmm. that you have a harpy that is. I guess the question comes down to. Is it a chicken or the egg situation? Mm-hmm. Right. Did the Vex see an Exo and was like, oh, that's a good idea? Or did we, during the Golden Age, see the Vex and was like, oh, that's a good idea? Like. Well, the. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's. Right? It's, I mean, but, right? Do you see what I'm saying, though? Like. Right. The capabilities to digitize brainwaves would effectively also help someone who I don't know was looking to become immortal. Stupid Clovis Bray. <laughs> Sorry. It's all winter, huh? Or Cade, depending <sighs> on depending on how you want well, to go with this. Cade was yeah, desperation. Oh. Anyway, yeah. 
I mean, there's so many implications. This is why I really have been wanting to do this episode for so long because there is so much on Nessus. Mm-hmm. There's so many implications on Nessus that it's like, oh my god, you guys aren't talking about this yet? Why aren't you talking about this? It's the one planet that I feel like if I... To to explain myself, which I know for a fact comes from a couple other creators, I feel like if we were to delve into it, we wouldn't leave it. Right. It, it is legitimate. It, but it, it, it is, but it isn't. Like, all of a sudden, from like a, a content perspective... I would want to go ahead and just talk about it for five months on end because I probably could fill up videos that would end up filling that much. But that's going to become disinteresting to a lot of people kind of quickly. And unfortunately, we have to think about that portion as well. It is not a matter of disinterest. It is a matter of like absolute incredible far out there thinking that when you start to actually tie all of this stuff together does pave the way for a lot of incredible theories mm-hmm. because it's the Vex, because it's fail-safe, because it's overall traditions of AI, and it is like just building and building on what it does seem like uh, Bungie is like fully going for. Like this this idea that maybe when all is said and done, humanity is not going to have a very good time in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what, uh, that's what Nessus kind of starts to paint this picture of. Uh, and it is oh. one reason that I think it is so important, but it would not have happened if it, you know, bringing it back to the Shire here, would not have happened if it wasn't for um, uh, Exodus Black. Right. Because a lot of it is is pretty well indicative of, like, what Failsafe was capable of understanding with the Vex. Like, we, we have understanding from the point of Osiris where he understands what convergence is about but now we've got failsafe who is legitimately sitting going i'm going to try to catalog these things i don't really want to i'm just bored Mm -hmm. but at that point she at least has the ability that she can and now we can start to end up digging into that information to tie it all back to begin with uh but the like we're just sitting here over the course of like a, a couple hour conversation, basically. We're losing our minds over the implications that are actually like presented by how uh, failsafe and what Nessus means, what Exodus Black's crew's sacrifice effectively has done for us now, several hundred years in the future from that crash, possibly timey wimey Vex stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it, do you. You know, how how much of it can we start to tie back to traditional thoughts of like what we have today? How much of it is light or SIVA or otherwise uh, infused or enhanced? And these are just things and questions that continue to, to bug me whenever I go to Nessus. Mm-hmm. As a planet, it is the absolute 100% most interesting planet that I think we have in Destiny 2 right now. Just going to put it out there. There are okay blue before we go. Uh, correction. Yeah, real quick. Vestin is not Venus. I was thinking. Yeah. Anyways, Vestin is regarding the asteroid Vesta. That's what I thought. I was like, Vestin Shannon Venus. Hang on. As far as different implications, Nessus is 
and was and continues to be besides Io. Io does have a lot of secrets I think we haven't gotten it yet. It yeah. just Nessus at this point have a lot that just kind of throw it in your face because there's so many different ways you can take different things. The whole captain being converted into a Vex talk. Mm-hmm. The fact that we had to have that talk necessarily is just kind of a huge huge thing that immediately draws your attention. The fact that the Vex have shields created by this orb-looking thing that looks and has been said in some scans to look like the center of the strange coin that Xur used to have. Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, that strange coin thing, that center of that strange coin thing makes a really interesting humming noise mm-hmm. and creates somewhat oh. of a, a light shield. So, um, you know... A, har- oh. a harmonic resonance. Mm-hmm. So you know. So just just for the record, too, there was actually an item in Destiny One that was never put into game, but was in the database. That was very similar to a strange coin, but the point, the purpose of it was that it was a piece of Vex tech. Correct. Um, so just just you I mean to to be clear there. Um, Hang on, I'm trying to remember what it was called. I can't recall it. But to to be clear, Green, you're not far off. That mm-hmm. is that is something that um was actually it was never it was never in game, so I I mean I argue that it's not technically canon. canon. It's not canon. But there was something and I'll I'll try to dig into it really quick. But well, just like anything quick. else, it's its implications can change or right, how right. they implement it can also change. Yeah. Like they, they, they could end up meaning it as the strange coins because we don't necessarily know what they were even all about. All we know is that Zer was kind of interested in them. Um, oh gosh, boy, I could sure go with my spin foil theory about ghosts yeah. and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. They were, they were using strange coins to keep themselves supplemented and alive. Oh, jeepers. Anyway, <laughs> that's next week's topic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, well. segues into that. Segues, all the segues. Oh yeah, the there's so many things on Venus that drive Venus on uh, Nessus that drive me crazy. All the scannables. If you haven't gone around and looked at some of the scannables, please do. There's mm-hmm. so many different threads that are created with these scannables. Mm-hmm. there's more lore in the scannables than you could even imagine compared to like the other planets after going through um i've now gone through edz i have now gone through nessus i've now gone through io the only one i haven't done is titan because i hate titan um just the implications of what nessus has i i don't mean to make it sound like the other uh, planets are like useless or anything like that because they're not. But with the way that Nessus creates itself, if I were to compare it to Io, Savathun is interesting. And I want to know what it is that's actually going on with her. But she's not entirely interesting because we now have the Vex that are otherwise manipulative of time. And realistically, the the whole idea and implication that we never really got an answer for was how far does the Black Garden go? And now we've come to find out that, oh, no, there's more than one garden. 
and now we've got this uh, other other possible link to being able to decipher what it is that's going on with the Vex. The Vex are space and time. I I don't think I need to necessarily like answer or 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 like say why it is that Nessus is so much more to me important for Destiny 2's uh, going forward. Uh, just the simple fact, the simple matter that. Again, I don't think that they're painting this picture that it's going to end very well for humanity uh, in the end, or that humans and uh, robots or something sentient related is going to probably need to start to work together a little bit more. And that's what it's what it's all lining to. Anyway. The thing that Nessus... I think this is part of the reason why there hasn't been a whole lot of talk about Nessus is the fact that a lot of the stories on Nessus were not major plot points Mm-mm. in D1. Mm-mm. But they are going to be major plot points moving on. It's from right. the Grimoire, and there are things from the Golden Age. This is our most direct link to something from the Golden Age besides Titan. Well, and I think that's where you're going to see a lot more people very interested in it when DLC two drops, Mm -hmm. uh, because at that point, I think that's going to be the role big tie back, uh, having Rasputin now in the mix, uh, if they do actually introduce him, because everything that we know of is still just leaked. I'm assuming he's going to be there. Why wouldn't he be there? Um, but just the fact that he's going to be there to interface with us in another way again, uh, is possibly going to like, uh, like we're we're already seeing that he can interface with ghosts. Point one for why I'm interested. Like I need to know why this this otherwise happens. But just the the simple fact that we are going to see more golden age implications come back and uh, kind of come to the forefront because of Rasputin uh, is is a, a complete tie back to Exodus Black. Because uh, in Destiny 2, otherwise, we don't have a lot or at least a ton of other uh, Golden Age stuff that kind of like brings itself up or, or back to the fore. Uh, Exodus Black is like realistically the biggest thing that uh, we really see. Like we see we see Trosland, we see a couple other places in, at an EDZ, sure. But for uh, the actual Golden Age... We see a abandoned facility that is just about being swallowed up that nobody really seems like they're interested in researching. They just want to keep it afloat versus uh, Exodus Black, where it's fine and we just need to ask failsafe questions. And unfortunately, we're mute, so we can't ask our questions to unlock things. What? I'm not salty. You're salty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cornerstones, what? Look up. Look at the scan I just put in. Oh chat. no, I read it. I read it. I was giving You're you a segue. Going? I don't remember when cornerstones are put in a building. The very first. They're cornerstones. The very first thing. They're foundational. So we have part of a timeline. Well, um, because if well, to, if, to to clarify, this is assumed from Ghost's perspective. Right. Okay. So. There's a scan. It's the very first one you could possibly get because it's over by the ship that sends out paid signal. Originally, it's above the ship on the wall. And it says this is like a 
cornerstone for Nessus, put here by the Vex to mark linear time. It's been 127 of our years since Nessus fast, last traveled through our system. I don't know how many Vex years that is. So, I mean, if it's a cornerstone... Which is meaning, problem... Yeah. Sorry. Right. If it's a cornerstone, which is the generally a first stone put in a building or like the building block, the initial thing that they tend to like carve into to commemorate the building. If this is that kind of thing and Nessus has, it's been 127 years since, I mean, it doesn't give us too much, but well, but it also coincides with the search for card. Yeah. The horse people. Well, I'm going to say, don't forget about the actual orbit of Nessus because by yeah, all that's the problematic. Accounts, it's about 100 and yeah, uh-huh. it, it it's that's roughly my... 126 years or so they say for a, a Nessus orbit. Is that is that true? Because I thought it was like 20,000. Uh, from what I have seen online and posted, I hear 126. It okay. just said 126 years. It reappeared after a delay an unexpected delay that nessus did as far as in the Cade card well what was there because i know there was something weird by that yeah and it's 127 since it was last seen in our system Mm -hmm. um which we've already talked about it already like centaurs are shaky on their orbits anyway Mm um the I know the biggest one that a lot of people think of immediately when you start thinking like big quote unquote centaurs that are out there would be uh, Sedona mm-hmm. uh, or the, the, the theory Knights behind of. Sedona. Yeah. Which would <laughs> sorry. Look you. It's That's a Sedona. good show. It's Sedona. Anyway, it's a uh, good show, but that one, that one would be somewhere in the uh, estimated area of about uh, 20,000 years, possibly. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Hertz saying in chat it's 121 years to orbit. 121 for Nessus. Okay. Yeah, that's and and I've I think I had read somewhere that it's like anywhere from like 121 was the lowest, but the possibility that it could be out there like 136 because of again the way that centaur's orbit didn't act it's really tough to tell right uh, and obviously right. with the way that our uh w- with us just discovering the centaur not that long ago we don't necessarily know how wibbly wobbly that orbit is but anyway uh wibbly wobbly justin did you have some uh, yeah actually interesting fact um saturn actually has a pretty strong influence on nessus's orbit Yes. So what actually it kind of makes sense with sort of the timeline of things. Um, Saturn could have messed with kind of the, you know, the, the orbital pattern of Nessus. It definitely, definitely would. I like uh, blue. The memes need to stop. You need no. an intervention. No. I just no, found a repository stop. of Destiny memes that I haven't seen. Oh, yeah, <laughs> They're okay. a... Be There's our Disney reference. 
See? Yeah. We haven't just had one in a while. We haven't had one. Look at the the next one even better. Uh-huh. <laughs> which which you eating there, buddy? Eat <laughs> <laughs> it's a thrall. The thralls that are down um, in yeah, yeah. on the moon. The on the uh, that are just sitting there eating like what are, they're just eating bones and stuff. And what does he bones. pour on there? It's not, He's not pouring anything. He picks up a lot of and he's got to run. Because funny all the enough, dogs are chasing him. The thrall, I mean, fun, the thrall are chasing him. Funny, funny enough, I would like to point this out. That is exactly how my D1 warlock looked in year one. <laughs> God. That's hysterical. Oh Plus Ahamkara in the whole nine. Oh, man. Yeah, I was one of those warlocks. Just deal with it. It's fine. Sen- oh sensing a shotgun for life. I just like how the warlock's trying to steal a bone to possibly <laughs> graft onto his armor. <laughs> What's that? It was only until later that the whispering was made known. <laughs> you know, you guys and your your thorn problems. You're just a thorn on my side. I can't help it that I need to show my true jagged purpose. All right. Well done, sir. Well done. You're welcome. You're welcome. One of these days, I'll have an inferno for you to to discuss about. I don't know. You know, I'll find that on the moon. One of these days. Speaking of the moon, mm-hmm. it one is these, nighttime. It it is nighttime. That's a very that's a very good idea. And you know who else was really worried about the moon? Rezalazir, looking up at it with hope. <laughs> I don't know how I went from Exodus Black to freaking Dredgenior. Oh wait. You might be a little bit obsessed with them. I might be. No worse then than again, you and Osiris Blue. Then again, don't worry because it's it's yours, not mine. Ah. <laughs> yes. Oh man! All right. So, shout outs, final comments. Beard, what do you got for us? Do you want to talk about dredging your a little bit? Uh, no, I've already done that in like a three part series at this point. I got to the point where I was actually just happy to see the thumbnails. Yeah. (laughs) I think I sent you a picture. I think I sent a message of like, I love the thumbnail. I I haven't even watched it yet. I'm like, I already know I'm going to love this video. I'm going to say the, the first one I, I had done was, uh, you know, talking about the implications that, what uh and this was a conversation that goes like really far back for me and uh blue because it, i think it was like one of the first conversations we had online and mm-hmm. it was a, a fairly heated debate about this idea of like what uh what the ghost was in uh thorn three and thorn four and how you were very adamant about the idea that it was the same ghost, and I yeah, was very adamant yeah. about the idea that it was a split ghost. It's but still then we, the argument that you two have. I know, and it's going it's going to be forever, and it's going to be wonderful. Um, but I the had to hear the about thing it the other day, yeah, it was it was it was fun. You know, it was fun. Um, but the thing that that kind of came of that discussion as I was thinking about it, uh, as the the long story short on this one. Yor had effectively uh, brought to the attention that Guardians really aren't that special, and mm-hmm. that seemed to have possibly been his uh, niche reason 
for like letting uh, Shin Malfur become a guardian just to prove that there wasn't like a lot behind uh, it. <laughs> I so, love that so, theory though. It's like, you know what? Yeah. Just a big <laughs> screw I gotta say, you. It's, <laughs> it, it's just a huge middle finger to the entire idea of what guardians are. Like as soon as we thought of that implication, I was like, one of these days I'm going to talk about this. It's going to happen. I wrote it down. I still never uh, had a chance to get back to it. And then I don't know what started the the debate again, but somebody brought it up on Twitter, I think. And I'm like, no, now's the time. And then I ended up getting screamed at because people were like, Dredging Yor is not Razil Azir. And I'm like, look, look, 99.9% confirmed at this point. If you need it any more written in stone, I don't know how it's going to happen. We have a podcast uh, that basically confirms he, it. Like, actually doesn't he, even basically, it literally confirms it. Like, I, I'm the say, writer of the, the cards. Right. <laughs> He was like, I don't see what the problem is. I'm pretty sure they're about, like, the the same people. That's kind of why I wrote them that way. I was just sitting here like, uh, guys, like, the actual writer had implication to do this the entire time. That was the thought. So what you're you're arguing is that he wrote it badly, which he didn't. Um, That's where... You know, I, I I loved that debate. I loved getting into that with people. Uh, and if I if I have to do anything, uh, it is it is to give. And I guess this will be my shout out to anybody and every uh, everybody that doesn't necessarily one agree with me because you only you only like spur on different ideas, which gets more spin foil going, which creates more content. So if your point is to basically throw me into the dust it's not working i would just like to point that out but if the thought is to actually spur on like straight conversation good on you even if it's playing devil's advocate good on you uh any of you that are that are out there in listening even for like this podcast or something because i've seen some very heated debates on it from like topics that we've had that aren't itunes comments that just scream at us for no good reason um that's the the stuff that I absolutely enjoy reading and hearing, uh, and I definitely thank you uh, for for doing so because all you do is make us like research further. Mm-hmm. Uh, it pushes That's us true. to that extra bound to like go that extra mile to say, is is this really what happens? Like I I gotta like start to piece this all together. So thank you, Green. What about you? Happy birthday. Um, Thanks. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. We we can't sing happy birthday on the podcast because we will get sued, but that is okay. It's, it is a <laughs> really uh, no, no, beard song. beard. I won't load that part up to YouTube. Oh, that's oh, that's, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's a good idea. Who brought the cake? Who brought the cake? <laughs> it's a I lie. I didn't have cake. I didn't have cake. Julie mm. made me baklava. Mm. Anyway. Fair enough. Share. Uh, I did. I took it to work. What are birthdays? <laughs> oh, don't even Apparently, start. Don't so even I, start. I have a final spin foil, which is also my shout out, which is to my mother, because mm-hmm. I think my mother is part of the Vex. <laughs> she texted me this morning, and I'm going to pull up said text, because this is something that I just let go all day long, because my mom is sometimes a little special. 
and I love her to death. And I, it's just funny because there's so many things. Uh, happy birthday. Wishing you a fantastic day and weekend. Love you. Uh, I told her that I was had to work today and then I had Monday off. She's like, that's awesome. Big 30. I see. I still see you as a young teenager, by the way. And then she goes on to tell me a story about them buying a new house. Guys, I was born in 1987. I'm pretty sure my mom was there. I Well... Um, yeah, <laughs> gonna She's, say maybe, maybe, so strong, I, maybe. I got, yeah, I got this, that text and I was just like, you know, I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> my brother texts me and was like, mom has lost it. She has no clue how old you are. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of weird because if I was 30, my brother and I would be within a year of each other. Right. Then. I get a card from my mom in the mail. She sent me $30 because she thinks she's funny. And I'm like, okay, this is like a serious problem, guys. My mom thinks I'm I'm not. I'm 31. It's like, my mom's part of the Vex. They've taken her. Mm-hmm. Converted or brain waves. Or, or, or she's fail-safe. Or she's fail-safe. Actually, it's probably more she's fail-safe because the Vex could at least do math. (laughs) Or or more like Banshee. Yeah, there we go. She's just an old XO. It's all right. It's fine. She's still trying. She's going to be 52 (laughs) this year. It's fine. That sounds terrible of me, and I apologize. I mean nothing by the old jokes. I make fun of my own age, which is now making fun of Green's age. So I better stop that. You Did know, she I, give you mod components? You know, I need. You know, <laughs> she's given me mod components before, so. She might, uh. Ah, uh yeah. See what you did there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Justin, do you have any shout outs? Yeah, I actually do have uh, a fear shout out. Um, big shout out to Green Eyed Music Lover. Um, for turning whatever age suits her best. Yes. Um, and also, um, great big shout out to everyone who um, responded to my request for um, raid some layer. raid help. Yeah, we're going to do the Ooh. raid layer tomorrow and try to actually get through it, um, which I haven't been able to do yet. We keep getting to the... Uh, the Vex Rubik's Cube, and then we just can't. We just kind of. So, um, uh, yeah, really excited for that. So, everyone who responded to that, and and if you aren't able to get in on this one, never fret. I haven't cleared the Leviathan either, and we'll be setting up something for that. So, just follow me on Twitter, and uh, you know, uh. We have plenty of chances to play with a completely average human being. <laughs> may or that may statement not. is extremely <laughs> arguable, by the way. Right now, I, I call it, you know, do you remember uh, Xbox did a thing called Game with Fame? Um, <laughs> you, yeah, I call it Game with Lame. But um, whatever you want to call it, you know, your, your most modest and attainable dreams come true it's, it's <laughs> oh man 
Is that it? You good? Yeah, of course. And also to you, Blue. Okay. Um, So reminder that the next topic is going to be on ghost shells. I do want to hear everyone's favorite ghost shell, not Sagira, because we all know that Sagira is going to be shapes because shapes and then yeah we also i also wanted to give a big shout out to legato 8278 uh really appreciate the message that you sent over earlier today um we got a little bit of feedback it's i green do you think i should read that or i don't think there's anything wrong with reading it unless he doesn't want you to he never said that so Anyways, real quick, uh, Legato sent over a message that was just basically, uh, he's, he's a newer listener. He just joined, he just started listening about a month ago. Um, but just wanted to really voice his appreciation for what we were talking about in episode 110 with the Hunter updates, um, concerning the, the state of the community, basically, um, and so, you know, just basically he's, he said, you know, it was a uh, beginning of the episode perfectly articulated what I've been thinking, not only about the Destiny community, but about a majority of people in general. It is so rare to find someone that will actually have a conversation instead of getting mad and spewing venom. Please keep up, keep up the amazing work. You've made a devoted listener out of me and I tell everyone about this podcast. Uh, so first off, really big thank you to you. I mean, that's that's huge for for me to hear. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that more than anything. But then also, you know, yeah, just thanks. And that's kind of what my goal is. I know Green Beard and Justin all have pretty similar goals, uh, regardless of how like Beard was saying how heated the discussions get here. You know, at the end of the day, we're it's it's a video game. You know, I will. Yeah. I will still. I will still hug this fellow bearded man. I will still buy him a beer, and we will still have plenty of chuckles, laughs. Oh and yeah, very yeah. good times. I mean, just laughing and bite and bite, and, bite. <laughs> and maybe taking, hugging, maybe you taking videos. Yes. I oh, cool. I thought you were hugging <laughs> Blue. And I felt like I felt like you know, like there was one more beard that could come to the party. <laughs> You know, I wish I had a beard so I could be included in this talk, but apparently my just me looking like my own guardian is like off-putting to you. I, I don't know. Hey, like off-putting wasn't the word you, I'd use. I could off-putting I could, would be you with a beard. I could yes. buy you a fake beard for your belated birthday when I see you at Guardian Con. I would wear it. You oh, think hey, this would have happened? Don't joke with her. That would be like I, all of us show up. I understand, <laughs> I, I understand that it would happen. <laughs> and and you know, Purple Chimera is going to look at us all like, what is even no. going Purple on? Purple would be totally down with this. Purple would be like, where's mine, uh-huh. frankly? Yeah. Oh, man. Facewick, yes. All right, guys. <laughs> Let's run through outro real quick, and then we'll stay for a little bit of an after show. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the new focusfirechat.com. 
Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any questions or comments for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing podcast partners within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. Bright.